Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 is where we start. Just a short passage, right to verse 23. It's just a passage of Jesus' conception and His birth. It says in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins." Now all this took place that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated means God with us. Amen. That's the title of today's message, Emmanuel, God with us. And I was trying to wrap my mind around this concept again of God being with us. And every time I try to do that, I'm kind of bewildered and I, I'm a little lost. Have you, you all seen that show, Undercover Boss? Right? You've seen that, right? I don't, do they still run that show? I haven't seen it in a while, right? Well, if you don't know what that show is, it's basically a series where they have CEOs or the top, you know, the, the, the bosses of these large companies and they go undercover in disguise, whether they put on beards or whether they wear different clothing. They try to change their appearance attire entirely and they try to get hired as one of them in, in the, with the idea of that they're just going to be shooting some sort of a documentary. And so that's why these cameras are following. And the boss is now on the lower rungs of this particular company, dressed in part, and just trying to see how everybody kind of interacts with one another, what they think of the company, how they perform. And by the end of it, he's like giving away these awards or she's giving away these great, great uh, things to the, the, the people that work in this particular company. And if you've ever watched it, usually almost every episode is kind of ending with tears, right? Because they're just so thankful for uh, this boss coming down to their level and acknowledging all of the hard work that they do that seems to be overlooked. Now, A CEO becoming kind of an entry-level hire of a company, that's a a huge step down. And maybe that helps frame this a little bit, but only a little, because we're not talking about just lowering your position or your status within a company. What we're talking about is the very essence. God saying, I will let go of the form that I have, and I will actually become a lesser form taking the form of a man. And so God becoming a man is such a a huge gap that is being traversed and something that really should bewilder us and saying, you know, God, you becoming one of us, that really does not make sense. And so then the natural question for me is, why did God do this? If it was such a a huge step for God to become a man and such a significant uh, thing to happen, why would he do that? Why is it important for God to be with us? And so today I I just simply want to make a comparison of life as a person, as man without God, 
and man with God. And in this simple comparison, I'll just give you two lists, just a simple table that I'll begin to just weave this message through. And the first thing that I'll say is that man without God lives for earthly rewards and man with God lives for heavenly ones. And so as soon as God enters the picture and he opens the eyes of man and he says, your existence is actually more than what you see it as. When you see your siblings running and playing, your friends and your parents and your grandparents, when you see the generations being born and dying, life is more than that. And God invading the earth is saying there is more to life than the things that happen on this blue and green place. And so when we don't have God in our lives and He has not opened up our minds or our spirits, we live for the here and now. We, we want to be compensated for the work that we do on earth. The things that we, we think about, the things that we invest in, they're all really about here, about the earth. But when God comes into the heart of a man or a woman and he says, I will open your eyes to not just here, but how now leverages you to eternity, to heaven. And so the person that has God in his or her life then begins to say, you know what? How can I begin now to live for a heavenly reward? And that's what Jesus opened up really in his Sermon on the Mount. He says, don't store treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and when thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so that's a a fundamental shift. It's where we're depositing the the effort of our lives. Is it going to be here or is it going to be in a safer place? That's the first major difference of having God in our lives and not having Him. And so Christ coming in the form of a man and opening us up to to heaven is truly a significant thing because it changes us in our perspective right out of the gate, right out of the gate. The second thing that I want to compare is that man without God is to really seek help from people first. I mean, and that really follows along that first point, right? And so if my earthly reward is what I'm seeking because I'm just looking at the here and now, when I need help, who do I look to? It's naturally the people that I see. And so if I'm surrounded by people that can compensate me or people that can help me, those are the natural places that I go to when I'm in a jam, when I'm in a place that I, I need some assistance. But when God comes into our lives, When our minds are opened and we believe and we know that there is more to life than just the physical here and now, I begin to look for help at places where my natural eyes don't go. And I begin to see help from God. And how it says in Scripture that we look to the mountains and we see where our help comes from. We're looking up and not just downward. And in the places of of hardship, we look to God and we say, Lord, I need help. The psalmist, all throughout, in so many writings there, is really just the heart of a man just crying to the Lord and saying, Lord, would would you look upon? Would, Would you see? Would you redeem? Would you justify? Would you help? Would you be a shield? Would you protect? And would you provide? And so the person that has God in his or her life is looking to God as a first block, as the first person, as the first place where we need help. And this is significant. But this will lead me to three. Man without God 
gives up when, no lo- when he or she no longer has the will or strength to go forward. But the person that has God in his life, he begins to lean into God when personal will and strength fall short. And you can see how it continues to progress here. So now in the first part is I was just living for the here and now. And so I'm looking to people for help. And when they fail me or when I feel I cannot go any further, it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to let circumstances dictate my reaction and say, you know what? I just don't have any more to give. I have no other place to go. There's no one there to help me. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I just don't have the faith or the energy in myself to go forward anymore. And that person will inevitably fold. They look inward and they say, you know what? I don't have it inside. I thought that people could help me. They didn't. They fell short. And I'm looking inward now and I'm realizing that I too fall short. And when we get to this place... We cave in, we give up, we let go. But to the person that understands heaven is the reward, God is there for help, this is the person in the moment where personal strength, where my own will falls short, this is the moment where I begin to just lean in. I'm just saying, God, I know you're there and I can't do it on my own and so I just need some way, somehow to get closer to you. And really what, in, what this embodies for me is Moses in the Old Testament. When he's leading this people out of Egypt and out of the great ten plagues, this entire nation comes out of slavery. They're wandering in the wilderness and as they're going, they were pinned against the sea. They saw amazing miracles and they were at a place and Moses dealing with all of these voices that were coming up to him, not knowing where to go or what to do, that he was at this particular place where he was saying, God, you need to lead us from this place. For if you don't lead us up from here, don't even send us. What is he saying? That if I try to lead these people by myself, I'm going to fail. And the only way the nations will know that you have delivered us out of slavery is if you lead us. And so lead us up from this place. And only when you lead us do I want to go. And he was at a place where he realized that his own leadership fell short. That he didn't have the capacity, the potential, the ability to lead this massive group of people into a land of promise. And so he's praying to the Lord, God, if you don't lead us there, let's just stay exactly where we are. I don't want to go anywhere. And he begins to lean into the Lord. And the person that sees God in his or her life begins to do this. And so Jesus coming into the world and opening the eyes of the generation that he was born into and every subsequent generation after that is significant because it opens our eyes to heaven. It helps us to seek God first and it helps us to lean in when everything else seems to to fail. But this leads me to number four. And it really is kind of packaging all of this into that. That if I don't have God in my life, I'm easily broken, right? But if I do have God in my life, there's a sense of strength and sturdiness there that is just, in a way, 
inexpressible by words alone. When you look at a person who has faith, you can see him or her overcome the greatest of hurts and disasters in life and still come out. That it's pouring rain and they're singing there because there's faith within. They're looking at a different place and they're looking at life from a different lens. Now, I need a volunteer here. I need somebody who's really strong. Who says I'm strong? Joe? All right, Joe, come on up. Now, I consider myself pretty strong, too. Do I look pretty fit? Thank you, Henry. That was, oh, you just gave me a Christmas present right now. That was such a confident, yeah. Oh, I feel really good right now. So I was trying to say, I gotta, this paper represents me. And so I had to find a picture that was really on point with that. Right, and so, you know, just uh, thank you, me, oh, Mimi. Thank you, thank you for the word of acknowledgement. And so, I just want you to imagine that this piece of paper is me, right? And just a simple piece of paper. And if I were to just kind of like hold it up to this strong man and say, "Would you punch me?" Right? Not me physically, like this figuratively. Okay? And just you can do that. Just, just punch. Like, ah, oh, he'd hit his pastor. You know, it's. Uh, uh, but how easy was it for this to snap, to break? Now, lucky for me, I brought, a, I brought another one, right? Uh, lucky for me, right? And so I'm going to ask you to do the exact same thing, and I want you to punch me. But this time, I, I brought somebody. I brought a friend, right? I brought God, right? I brought God with me this time. And all I'm going to do this paper and this paper is exactly the same. Nothing different. Right? And so, all I have is God underneath, inside, right? And I want you to break me now. Oh, wait. Right? I mean, he was, thank you very much. Just give him a hand. That to say... The same piece of paper has a different strength depending on what's behind it, what's inside of it. And I show you this analogy, this simple illustration to say this, that God inside of you is the greatest strength you will ever have in your entire life. There is nothing stronger. There is nothing better. There is no amount of money. There is no person. There is no accomplishment or position There is no award or accolade that can replace the strength that God gives to an individual. And so if we are looking for strength in our careers, our families, our friends, the things of our lives, our investments or our bank accounts, we will all in those places fall short. Because all of those really is just a frail piece of paper. And when we say that that's our lives, we are so easily broken. But when we look to God and we say, God, I need you inside. I need my life to be anchored around something more stable. I need not to be rocked by the winds and the waves. And I need something to be sturdy inside. And when we invite God, the King of the entire world, of all creation inside of us, there is a strength that resides that cannot be broken. We're talking about something that's stronger than a wooden block. That the person with God in his or her life 
find strength and stability that cannot be broken. And so I want us to know that as the most significant thing about living with God in our lives and what Christmas really means when Jesus was born as a baby and came into this world. That seems great. There are nativity scenes and plays and carols and songs that remind us of this, but what is it all for? It's not just for sound or aesthetics. It's for the strength to live each day and to live on purpose, for a purpose. That's number four. The last thing that I want to share is that man without God, really after death, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. But the person that has God in his or her life inherits eternal life. That's the most famous verse in the Bible, right? That God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And that's the gospel. That's Christmas. And that culminates everything here. And so I pray that as you look at these two columns here, that this is the side that you'd gravitate to, that this is the side that would describe you, that you are a person that lives for rewards that are not just bound to the here and now, that you are a person that looks to God first when you need assistance in any place in life, that you lean into Him when everything else fails or falls short, that your existence is sturdy, and ultimately, you have an eternal reward, a resting place. That is Christmas. That is the reason of Christ's birth. And that is a hope-filled, faith-filled thing that we should grasp and take into our lives. As I round this up, praise team, you come back. I'll finish with just two simple statements that I hope will summarize this well. And the first is, living with God at your life's center is the most important decision of your life. There is no other... Now, uh, maybe choosing like your, your marriage partner, that's an important decision. Going before that, choosing the college that you would go into, choosing your, your best friend when you're in elementary. Now, these are all like important decisions. What you're going to eat for lunch today, maybe that's an important decision for you, right? But the most important decision we will ever make in our entire lives is saying, at my life center, I will place God. That's, that's really it. That's the most important thing. And it happens by inviting Christ, right? That's where it all starts. And the second thing that I'll say to round this off is show the message of God with us to those living on their own strength. Now today, you will likely be with friends and with family from this place. And I can guarantee you amongst, among those people, there are people that are living on their own strength. When you go to work, whether it be on Monday or Tuesday, I can guarantee that there are people that are living on their own strength. Now, if you have God at your life's center, that left side or your right, my left as I'm looking out at you, this side of that, that column right there, that should describe you if Christ is inside of you. And that message of God being with us is really the message that we live by and that we also share to those that are living on their own strength, on their own path to say, you know what this is, I'm just going to set it up for myself and, and live for this. Let us show a glimpse of life that goes beyond that side of the table and show a life that represents this side and say, 
This is the reason why Christ came. This is the reason why we're, we're so uh, filled with faith and have a joy, why we give gifts. Because there's a, a greater, deeper strength and meaning. And so I encourage you, number one, first, that decision of God being at the center of your life to be the most important and the one that you have made. And secondly, from that place that you share that message of God with us to those that are living on their own strength this Christmas day, this holiday season, and into the new year. Amen.